We're so happy to be here with you guys. Tonight is February 20th, 2019. The, the message is called Black and White. Yeah. Black and White. You remember that, that uh, Michael Jackson song? Yeah, you remember it? Y'all remember that Michael Jackson song? You got black, it? Black oh, there we go. I think, what, it doesn't matter if you're black or white? We, we're going to play a clip, but it wasn't inappropriate. So. Yeah, it was terrible. So uh, don't listen to that song and don't, don't watch the video. Yeah. Um, but it, it talked about, if you're thinking about my baby, it don't matter if you're black or white. Which is kind of funny from a, from a guy that uh, had a white baby. Uh, the point was that in our culture, we segment people based on random things like skin color, right? We have a lot of extremes like, uh, like North and South. Republican, Democrat. Um, urban or rural. Rich or poor. Um, NS, MSNBC or Fox News. You understand. Yeah. But uh, like... You guys have a preference. Whenever we said those things, you probably picked one over the other. Like, if you're city folk, you, you're like, yes, urban. Or if you're in the country, you don't like uh, streets or lights. That is true. <laughs> there's, there's one side that we're comfortable with. There's another side we don't like. But, like, between us, we, we've got differences, too. We've got, like... Well, uh, well, well, well small and big... Sure. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said it like that, but okay. since you're saying it. <laughs> uh, we stopped by Starbucks today. Yeah. I got an espresso. I got a cold brew. Yeah. Opposites. You getting it? You get what we're saying? You see where we're at? It's black and white, guys. All right. Blue I'm white collar. collar. I'm blue collar. You're blue collar? I'm you blue work collar. with your hands. I work on a computer. That's boring. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> um, I, I like the classic films like Casablanca. I like Adam Sandler movies, I guess. Um, I found that out today. I like Credence Clearwater Revival. And I'm more of a Creed guy, all right? Yeah. Just Creed. Just Creed. I'm a little bit quiet. I'm a little bit loud. Um, you would never know. So depending on what, what you connect with easier, you might pick one of us over the other, like... I think I'm more of a Caleb guy, which is probably very few of you. And more of you are probably like, I, I want to be with the party with Daniel. And uh, that sh those types of things shouldn't be what makes us distinct. Amen. So let's turn to Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. In the kingdom, distinctions are different than in the world. Say there when you're there. All right. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. In the kingdom, it doesn't matter who you are or where you came from or what you look like or what your background is or what you like or what you don't like. Those things don't really matter. Those things become secondary. Those things aren't what defines you. What defines you is the kingdom. Jesus, our king, defines us. And when we begin to follow his word, it pushes us 
to the extreme of society. We're not like everybody else. We don't act like everybody else. We don't raise our kids like everybody else. We don't talk like everybody else. We become something vastly different than the world around us. So it's like there's a sea of gray and you are black and white. Do you want to be black and white? Yes. The answer is yes. I'm giving you the answer. The answer. You want to be black and white. Guys, look in Revelation 3, 15. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. Go to 16. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, we all know that scripture. We use it a lot. But guys, truly, there, there is no middle ground. He says, I either want you to be hot or I either want you to be cold. I either want you to be black. I want you to be white. There's no middle ground. There is no middle ground. Pick one where you got to be hot or cold. But the goal is that you're being extreme for Christ. Let's go to verse 17. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered. For you say. You're rich and you have prospered. Isn't that the problem right there? You just said you were rich and prospered. But are you actually that? And I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. That's the problem. That's the problem. You thought you were fine. You thought you were okay. You thought you were doing well. But really, there was a truth behind it. The truth was that you were looking at your past accomplishments, the things that you had already done, and failed to see the reality that's right in front of us. Sometimes past success can blind us to this grayness in our lives, this lukewarmness in our lives where we think we're fine. We think we're doing well, but that's not the truth at all. Yeah. Yeah. So... Guys, where this is driven out of is that we are actually searching in our hearts to find some gray areas that need, we need to get rid of. You know, it, it all starts within our home. As y'all know, we live together. We're, we're seeing some gray areas in our lives uh, that got to get right. And uh, this is driven from that, guys, that there's just no middle ground. No, no, no matter what we do, there is no middle ground. There's no compromise. We have to be full force after Christ. So, but here's the problem. <laughs> As humans, we tend to make things more complicated, yeah? yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we, I overcomplicate a lot of things. I was changing out someone's lock today, and uh, I'm not a locksmith. And um, I was like, we could try to fix it or just get a new one. The correct answer would just get a new one. And I'm over here trying to fix this lock, right? I'm not a locksmith. I overcomplicated this situation. Something so simple, just get a new lock. Just get a new lock, right? But we make things complicated, right? Y'all turn to Deuteronomy 30, 15. (laughs) See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. I call heaven and earth... To witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. 
Therefore, choose life, that you and your offspring may live. Don't you want to choose life? I want to choose life. Caleb? I want to choose life. Amen. I want to choose life. No no purgatory. (laughs) It's life or death. Look, you can either be in a place, he, he doesn't really, he, he wants you to choose life, right? But if you choose death, take death, right? But he, he's giving you the opportunity to choose life because he has brought you life. And he says, Dan, he said, yeah, Daniel, he says, uh, choose life. There's, the choice is simple. But somehow we tend to overcomplicate our decisions. So, friends, I'm going to give you all a, a real story here. So one of my biggest complicated decisions I've had to make here recently is that today was my official day. I resigned from my job, and uh, it's written in stone, and I live with the office manager. So uh, <laughs> that kind of complicates things. I kind of fired you, so that's fine. <laughs> so look, I, I left my current job and I, and I ventured off and starting a new work and, and, uh, you know, this has been going, going now, honestly, guys, since October last year and, um, just going through it. I'm weighing things out. I'm trying to live by faith and not by fear and, 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 and I'm seeking counsel and then I'm going back to pray. And then Lord's like, Daniel, it's just time. Quit complicating it and just go after it. So today I'm going after it. (laughs) I want y'all to come after it with me. Uh, what about... What if, like, you had an opportunity to witness to someone? In that moment, you have an option of life or death. And you can choose life or you can choose death. Some decisions are already made for us. We don't even have to think about it. Yeah. That just takes some of the weight off, doesn't it? What if, what if you see a brother who's headed in the wrong direction, you don't see anybody else around that's correcting him, and you could be the one to go and save his life? Do you go and save his life, or do you let him go towards death? Choose life. Choose life. I, I just want to, we want a simple message tonight. We want a simple message. Be black and white. Choose life. Don't be gray. There's no middle ground. Will it bring life? Or will it bring death? Like right after we got back from India, um, we had a great service up here. We all spoke. The whole India team spoke. And then I'm headed to my car. And da- Daniel's like barreling towards me, which is really intimidating. And, and he like, and he points at me and he's like, hey, I need to talk to you. I'm like, all right, man, let's go do lunch. That is so not how I sound. <laughs> And we, we get to lunch and he's like, man, I, I know this probably sounds crazy, but, uh, I, I feel like my family's called to support your family. And I mean, I just like, I'm ready to just let, let's, let's do something about it. And, and then I took six to seven months to pray about it. No, he didn't. No, no, no. What I told him was, yeah, I know. I knew that for a year. I've known that for a long time. I'm waiting for you to catch up, brother. I had to catch up. You see, you see, the weight's just not the problem. It slows me down at times. And so uh, it took only a year for me to catch up, but we're getting there. 
No, we said, look, we're going to pray about it. We're going to talk to the pastors about it. We're going to get confirmation. But immediately, right now, I feel like this is the Lord. Yeah. Look, when the yeah. Lord speaks, when it agrees with the word, when you have brothers agreeing with you in it, what is there left to consider? That's good. Remember, be tightly knit together, close the gap. We're, we were called to be t- tightly knit together. But you're, you're called to be tightly knit together with your brothers too. Yeah. You have brothers in your life that can speak life into yours. Yeah. What else is there left to deliberate about? We make things so complicated. Yeah. Well, let's go to Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, let's just turn off our advanced thinking for a minute and stop thinking about like logistics on how yokes work and stuff. And let's just look really plainly at this. Does Jesus want you to have heavy burdens? No, 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 he doesn't want you to have heavy burdens. So why do you have these burdensome decisions that you're letting weigh on you? If we just choose life. Most decisions are already going to be made for us. And then there are going to be some decisions that we need to actually seek the Lord on. That we need to seek Him and see what is next for our lives. And He's going to answer. And when He does answer, go and do it. Don't waste time. Yeah. So yeah. the thing is, when Daniel came to me and, and said, hey, we're ready. God's spoken to us. I had already had a year to pray about that. I, I had already had a year to, to seek the Lord on it. I thought it was done, but I'm like, God, it's in your hands. The Lord is going to give you the time that you need. But when he's spoken, what more time do you need? That's good, brother. What more time do you need? When we have life, when we choose life, what does that do for us? But what if we don't choose life? Or how about when we choose life and then somehow we get off the path of life? What happens? I'm going to tell you all a real story, okay? So, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, uh, I was at a funeral. Uh, my cousin, uh, 24 years old, he... Uh, He, um, he ended up, honestly, and this is not the point of the story, but he took his own life, guys. And, um, and I went to this funeral, and I'm like, Lord, evidently, he keeps putting me back in these situations. He keeps putting me back to bring life to people, right? Because that's who I am. That's what God's given me to do. And so I'm like, Lord, how do I bring life in a situation like this? How do I bring life when I know that my cousin's life completely rejected God? How do I do that? And I tell you, man, it was, uh, it, it was very hard. 
I'm going to read a scripture, and then we'll get back to the story. Y'all turn to Jeremiah 23, verse 26. How long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesy the delusions of their own minds? Verse 27. They think the dreams they tell one another will make, will make my people forget my name just as their ancestors forgot my name through Baal worship. So guys, as, uh, as I'm sitting through this funeral... As I'm listening, the priest comes up and he's reassuring my aunt and my family and the 300 people that are at this funeral that, uh, that my cousin's with the father. But we, 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 uh, we judge a tree by its fruit, right? A good tree produces good fruit. We all know this. You know, I found myself in I was weeping. I was sitting on the front row and I just couldn't help but to weep. And yes, I'm weeping because my, my cousin, who I haven't seen in years, passed away. That was part of it. And that I'm, his eternity state where he's at. But I'm weeping because my heart was broken because I see how the masses are being led astray. And maybe it's because I, was, I have, haven't been in a church like that in years. But I saw the crowds coming in, all types of people, and from the pulpit being led astray. Lying prophets, lying priests. So what? So that they may actually forget the Lord's name? But then I had to check my heart. I'm like, Lord, where's that at in my life? How, how am I not living up to the standard? How am I not walking, breathing the living word of God on me? Because I don't want to lead anyone astray. So as we're going through this funeral, and I just keep hearing this over and over. I'm like, Lord, I think all I can muster up at the moment is, Lord, forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them, Lord. Open their eyes so that they could see, Lord. Open my eyes so I can see what your, your next step for me is. I'll go to verse 28. Let the prophet who has a dream recount the dream. But let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has a straw to do with grain, declares the Lord. Well, first of all, a straw and wheat, straw and grain, one's useful and one's not useful, okay? For a purpose and not for a purpose. But as I'm sitting here and I'm praying, I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? I felt so compelled in my spirit to act. It took everything in me not to blurt out during the service. So I waited. Maybe one, because I was nervous. Maybe one, because I was fearful of to address a man with a call like that. After the service, we make our way back to the reception area. Hundreds of people. And I walk up to the man, and I'm like, sir, 
And I'm shaking, I'm crying. I was like, I have a question for you. Or a statement, matter of fact. Did what you, what you just said left my family and all these people with false hope. I didn't know how the man was going to respond. And he said, Daniel, for me and you, there's a path right here. And it's called the way, the truth, and the life through Jesus Christ. I said, yes, sir, I agree with that. Then he said, Daniel, over here, there's a gray area. And this gray area, God's big, his grace, we just don't know. And I said, sir, the word that I read does not say anything about that. So can I ask you this? Can you confidently say right now that my cousin's with the father? He said, well, no. And yet we can stand from a pulpit and give falsehood. God, I'm telling you, I'll crush me in ways you couldn't even imagine. I began to reflect so much. And I'm like, I am not adding up. And then yet the Lord says, Daniel, you're my son. You're my son. And I called you for this day. I called you to bring life to this man. To confront what needs to be confronted. Aren't y'all proud of Daniel? I'm so proud of the man that he's becoming. That he's growing into. And more and more, we see how truth separates him from the world around him. Like everywhere he goes, the conversations that he has on his job sites with people, you see how there's a distinction between him and the world. And that's what the word does to us. Let's turn to Revelation 13. We'll start in verse 15. Revelation 13, verse 15. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. And it, also, and it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand and the forehead. See, the world here is united. They're united with a mark. They're united in the world against God's people. But let's go to verse 14, chapter 14, verse 1. Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with them 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Do you want the Father's name written on your forehead? Yes. Then you have to follow the word that He's given you. The instructions that He's given you. That He's plainly laid out in black and white in the word. You have to obey the commandments. That's how you love Jesus. That's how we show our love for him. But what happens is we tend to make excuses for ourselves and we try and make things hazy because we don't like what's in ourselves 
And we want to make it okay. We want to make it okay. Turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. We'll start in verse 19. Are y'all tracking with us? Chapter 19. This is a great verse to refute those that say, well, what about the, the pygmies that have never heard about Jesus or, or whatever, the island folk? Um, what about those people that have never heard? But here in Romans 1.19, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. We have a merciful God that loves us and wants us to be in relationship with him. He has made it plain that he is here. And all we have to do is seek him to find him. God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse There's no more excuses. There's no more excuses for you or them. There's no more excuses. So can we please stop making them? And this this is something that that we've had to deal with. We've got to look at our lives and say, does my life actually measure up to the word? Does it or doesn't it? Where are those gray areas? And I need to go and attack them. Yeah. 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 They were without excuse for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal, mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Look, check this out. They claimed to be wise, but they became fools. So they heard a clear, obvious, irrefutable proof that God is here and he exists. They heard a clear, obvious truth in black and white, but they threw it away for something more convenient. Yeah. Does that sound personal to you? Is that applicable to you tonight? They're without excuse, no excuses. Do you think yourself wise, but then act like a fool? Do you think yourself so wise in the word and so rich in the word that you can make an excuse for any sin that you want? It's right there in black and white. Yeah, it is. How clever are you in your scripture study? Hmm. Or do you just read it for what it says? Should we start with that? Shouldn't we start with that? Yes. Yes. We should start with what it actually says and then do it. Yeah. Do it. (laughs) I want to do the word, right? Literally, okay? I love, the word is transforming my life. And uh, I know it's transforming yours as well. But you see, the great thing about this is that we have the opportunity to get these things, these gray areas uprooted out so we can be more transformed, so we can be more like Christ. Because it clearly says in the word, (laughs) what eliminates the uncertainty in the light is the light of the word. It is a firm foundation. Jesus is the rock. He is our foundation, guys. 
But clearly in the word it says this. About, talks about stealing, dealing falsely, lying, swearing falsely. So as I'm looking through this and I'm, and I'm seeing what the gray areas are. Uh, you know, we got stealing. Uh, I'm sure you don't steal. <laughs> um, but I think what's getting to the point where, I, where I'm at, there, there's some lying, right? Sometimes we don't know about the lying stuff. It's maybe some white lies, you know, you know, white lies. It's, it's the half truth or it's three quarters or it's seven eighths. I'm learning how to read a tape measure right now. And, um, it's the, it's, it's like when we pull up pastor, pastor Wade, man, I got, I, I got to tell you something. Here's what it is. And then I leave out the major points. I'm like, is it good? Did I do right? Well, sure. By the information you give me, great. But what about the times that we just hold back, right? We just kind of hold back and we're like, we'll put it in the best light and then somewhat gives a little bad because we're, we're not perfect, you know? No, we got to get those gray hairs out, right? I got to get them out. We all got to get them out. You ready to get them out? Yeah. All right, me too. That was Leviticus 19, by the way. <laughs> It's okay. It's fine. It's fine, brother. Clearly in the word, in Joshua 1.9, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It says, Do not be afraid. But how many times have you been afraid? How many times this week have you been afraid? Today. Have you had fear in making decisions? Have you had fear in moving forward with with something that you know is the Lord, but you're just holding back because you're sitting in fear? Come on, man. Well, look, if we just take the word for what it says and just do it, we're going to have to get rid of that fear. No more fear. No more fear. How about... Oh, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit this. I'm sorry, guys. How about discipline and spanking? I know. Look, I'm telling you, discipline and spanking. Just do it again and again. Just do it again. All right. So listen, we're gonna, we're just for a minute. These are supposed to be rapid fires, and now I feel like we're just gonna hold them in here for just a minute. Okay. So, <laughs> y'all turn to Proverbs 13, 24. Perfect. God, like-minded. Who spares the rod hates his son. Now listen to this. I know everyone in here spanks. I know everyone here disciplines. You do not hate your kids. <laughs> you, you are disciplining them. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Let's go uh, actually the NIV. No, ESV. Thank you, my brother. It says, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. So it's a matter not, it's not if you're disciplining him. It's how you're disciplining them, when you're disciplining them. So Deacon, my, y'all know Deacon, y'all know my boy. He is the joy of my life. I love him dearly, and yet he needs to get disciplined. But you see, that there, there's different times, right? So here lately, I've been working a lot of hours, and I'm really tired. And then on top of that, beautiful Axe homework is changing my life. So I come home. You know, I'm tired, Randy's tired, and uh, honestly, there's times we just, we're just like, Lord, just make him stop. Just make him stop. Just make him stop. 
And uh, he's like, yes, I've given you that authority there. Right? But see, we mess up. We, we, we don't fully get it. We don't fully understand. Right? We just get lazy. Or we're like, we're putting it off. I'm like, Caleb, you want to do it? Yes. Okay, thank you. You know? And so, uh, but on a, I'm serious, guys. We, we get tired, you know? And, uh, and we just get lazy with it. You know, we need to be consistent. So we need to be consistent because why? The one who loves her children is diligent to discipline them. So be diligent in disciplining your children. Be diligent in disciplining them. Guys, this is so important. No gray areas. No gray area. If the word says it, then do it. All right, Matthew chapter 5. We got to live it. Starting 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Does the Lord not want you to say you're going to do something? No, that's not what it says, right? It says don't swear. So wait. When I say something, I say I'm going to do something. That's the same as swearing. It's just as good to God. If you can say, yes, I'm going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. Then that's just as good as a swear. So let me ask you, uh, guys, how many um, light bulbs are out in your house? We have a lot. I'm going to get to it. I'm going I'm to get to it. Sometime in the next 12 months, those lights will be changed, right? We say things all the time. We make commitments all the time, but they're meaningless. But if we live by the word, good. we're going to be distinct because we're going to do what it says. That is such a good point. I mean, even something simple as light bulbs, something as simple as light bulbs. And I'm not joking. We have a lot of light bulbs out. Yeah. <laughs> There you are, my buddy. Look, another gray area. Another gray area. Confessing of sin. Right? Oh, man. Go to James 5, verse 6. Oh, it's up there. They are so fast. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Before we move on, the first step. What's the first step? Confess. Okay, perfect. How are we working with it? How are we doing with that? Okay. Second part, pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. Healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So look, when we're confessing, confess. That's... I think that's sometimes the easier part, if we're honest. Just go up to somebody. Hey, look, JJ, bro, I pulled your crew from you today, and uh, he's got to go somewhere else tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry. 
But yes, I did. But <laughs> I see you, Tom. Uh, but here's the problem: I, I don't pray with you to reconcile, right? We should be praying to be healed, right? Don't just confess and then walk away. Actually, grab your brother or your sister and actually begin to pray. And guess what? You'll see healing. Guess what? You'll see power. Guess what? You'll have effectiveness in the kingdom. Get rid of the gray area. Do the whole word or nothing at all. A clear path. Y'all go to Psalm 119. So when we're doing the whole word, we're living the word, we love the word, we're choosing life and not death. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path, or the ESV says for my path, a light on my path. I stand corrected. But how? How is the lamp? How is, how is the word a lamp to my feet? How is it? How do we get from that gray area to walking into the black and white? His very word, guys, will show you the way. His very word lights your path. And then when we, quit, when we get out of the word, you know what happens? We start getting back off into that gray area. Right? I want to stay in the black and white. I literally want to stay in the black and white. Okay? The word is supposed to be directing your feet, guys. Number one, do it. Do the word. Okay? Simple. It's a simple choice. Choose life. Do what the word says. And I'm pretty sure not too long ago, we just heard a sermon on the band of victors, right? Now, I thought it was titled something else. Just do it again. Y'all remember that? Just do it again. Guys, when the word's in front of you, just do it again. When he tells you something, just do it again. When he gives you a dream, just do it again. When you're healing people, just do it again. Just do it again. We need the word and the spirit. We can't have one without the other. It's, a, it's like almost like a dual citizenship and one. We need the word and the spirit. John 4, 24. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. I, 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 did y'all feel the presence of God earlier? Did you not? It was like I kept getting, he was saying, blow, wind, blow. My spirit is coming through. That's immediately what I felt in worship tonight. We need the spirit and we need the truth. The truth, we need this. <laughs> in truth, we need the spirit to be able to understand. And we need the, tr- the word of God, we need to understand. And we need the spirit to speak boldly. See, the spirit will tell us what to say. He will, he will give us direction, and the Word of God actually he steers us. Guys, we need both. They, they, they work so, they work, they're interchangeable. We have to have both. Do you want both? Yes. I know you do, because you're doing it. 
But we got a hunger for more. We got a hunger for more of the word, more of the spirit every day. Amen. So let's go to John chapter 18 as we're starting to land this plane coming around the corner. John 18, we'll start in verse 37. This is Jesus, Jesus and Pilate were talking. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. That's why he came, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of, who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? What Truth. What is truth? Look, I just want you guys to imagine for a second. You have Jesus standing before you, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, and He's standing before you. And He said, I came to testify about the truth. Do you accept Him? Do you even recognize Him? Do you know who He is? Would you listen to him or would you sit there and try to negotiate what truth is? But the truth is Jesus is standing before you today because he's the living, walking word. Is he not living? Is he not walking amongst us? He is, guys. He is the living, walking word. Y'all go to John. One. One. In the beginning, in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. You see? He is, he is the Word. Let's go to verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son. Who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You have Jesus standing in front of you right now, tonight, guys. Before me, before Caleb. And he's judging our actions, our deeds, our thoughts, right now. He chose to give you life. In return, do you choose to take it? Do you choose to walk in life tonight? He was the word in a black and black and white, guys. I showed you the word. And look in your Bible, it's black and white. But he's in living color. He is in the living color. He is the living color in you. Are you the living color in him? I want people to see me as the word. That's, that's what I want to strive for. And all the worries and cares of this world just be left behind. They're, they come, guys. They're there. They're there every day. I want to be the living color of Christ. I want people to see that in me. I want people to see that in you. That way, when, when we get to that point, we're actually leading the masses to the kingdom. It's time to change the trajectory of the world. 
So as we come to our final scripture tonight, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Jesus is absolutely the word. He's absolutely 100% the word. Word made flesh. But let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 2. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us. Written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. You yourselves are our letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. Jesus is absolutely the word. But the truth is, you need to be the word. Amen. You need to be the word. Jesus came down, the perfect example for us. He lived out Every law, perfectly, without sin. And we can live just like Him. He wrote the law in our hearts so we could be like Him. And we can become the Word. He was black and white, and now you can be. There was a distinction in His life. There can be a distinction on your life. So what's the test? Does your life look like the Word? And that's the question we've got for you tonight. Does your life... Look like the word. How do you measure up? Where are those gray areas that you need to hunt out and eradicate from your life? What part of your life do you need to clear out? Yeah. Because guys, the word's clear. The word's crystal clear and black and white. Yeah. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is moving on your heart tonight. That he's already spoken to you something that you need to do. What action do you need to take? Yeah. So as the worship team comes up, y'all can stand to your feet. Turn to James one twenty three. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like guys we just can't hear about the word we just can't look at it and not be transformed you know the easy thing is listening to this message but the hard thing is doing it out there this is the easy part this is the easy part. Turn to Psalm 119.17. Be good to your servant while I live, that I may obey your word. I'm going to read the 84, guys, sorry. I will not die, but live, and will proclaim what the Lord has done. You see, guys, this place right here is not death. This place right here is life. And what you get when you come is life. You walk out the doors and you proclaim the good work of God. So as we begin to pray, there is response needed. So Jesus, 
Lord, we thank you for tonight, mighty God. Father God, we ask right now, Lord, that you would begin to transform our hearts, mighty one. Lord, you begin to renew our minds. Father God, begin to show us in our hearts, Lord, the very gray areas we need to get out of. Mighty God, where we can be black and white, mighty one. Lord, that you would have your way in us, Lord, and that we would go out there and proclaim your good news, mighty God. We would stand for truth, Jesus. We would stand for righteousness, mighty one. Lord, because you are worthy of it all, Lord, have your way at this altar tonight. Lord, in the days to come, in the weeks to come, in the months to come, Lord, let us put you on display. In Jesus' name.